You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Well, it's time to get our regular view from Taiwan now, and we are joined by Ross Feingold, who is a business development director at Safe Pro Group. Lovely to speak with you, Ross. Good morning from Taipei. Great to have you on the show. Now, according to the uh, recently released U.S. Treasury report, Taiwan remains on its monitoring list, but is not a manipulator. Can you explain the the significance of of what that means? Sure. The U.S. Treasury issues a report a couple of times a year about uh, countries that manipulate their currency to gain advantage uh, in FX rates so that their exports remain competitive. Uh, this time, the the uh, countries on, on the watch list are, are China, South Korea, Germany, Malaysia, Singapore, Switzerland, and Taiwan was also added to the list. There's three criteria um, to get on this list. A trade surplus with the U.S. of at least $15 billion, current account surplus of at least 3% of G- GDP, and persistence in intervention in the FX market shown by purchases of currency of at least 2% of GDP. Fortunately or unfortunately for Taiwan, they're, they're, they were found to be guilty of two of these, uh, having a trade surplus with the U.S. of at least $15 billion and a current account surplus of 3% of GDP. And, and frankly, it's no secret that Taiwan's central bank does intervene in the currency markets uh, to try and prevent the Taiwan dollar from appreciating too much. Now, Taiwan is, is, is its economy depends heavily on exports, and it's very sensitive to any advantages that other neighbors in the region might have, especially for tech manufacturing, where so much of the tech manufacturing is moving to Vietnam or Malaysia or other countries in Southeast Asia. So uh, I would say guilty as charged, but the good news for Taiwan is it, it wasn't found to be a manipulator because it didn't satisfy all three criteria. It's only on the watch list because it satisfied two out of three. So it just needs to work on maybe changing those two out of the three in future. Yeah, now, although hard, hard to imagine. <laughs> now, let's move on to that tech sector that you uh, mentioned there, as iPhone assembler Hongai has uh, reported its highest ever Q3 net profit. Now, what, what's driven that? Uh, uh, what are the factors behind that? Well, it sure helps when you're the sole assembler of the iPhone 15 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro Max, which recently uh, came to market. And it seems like uh, those two models are very popular. Uh, so this uh, uh, powered uh, Hohenheim's third quarter earnings, they, they had a net profit of uh, $1.34 billion U.S. dollars, which was up 11% from a year earlier and 30, 31% from this year's second quarter. And uh, a lot of that is just built on the back of, of the iPhone and, and specifically the popularity of, uh, like I said, the uh, iPhone 15 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro Max, which are more popular than the plain old iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus. I know it's a lot of a lot of words and pluses <laughs> and, and stuff, but yeah. uh, people who, you know, analysts and investors, they know this. And uh, I don't think they'd be surprised by uh, you know, what a great quarter Honhai had, and, and, although it was a little bit above market expect, expectations. Um, but uh, it, it was a great quarter for the company. Now, what what else are they doing? You know, how how do their other divisions compare to the consumer smart products, products, or is it just really the iPhone that is driving everything? Well, it, it, it's a 
long long company with a long history of think of forward thinking. So they're, they're doing a lot in the EV space, and uh, I would expect, uh, based on how successful they tend to be, I, I would expect to see some more good news from Honhai with regard to uh, electric vehicles going forward. Now, let's move on a little bit towards trade. Now, a senior Taiwanese official says that next year offers a window of opportunity for accession to the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP. So, so why does he think this? It, it comes down to one word, Canada, because Canada is, is the rotating chairperson, chairperson or chair country of CPTPP. And Canadian politicians have said lots of friendly things about Taiwan recently, issuing reports, visiting Taiwan, et cetera, et cetera. So Taiwan thinks it has a good opportunity if uh, uh, the Canadian government will adhere to what the politicians in Canada want in, in the members of parliament and uh, really put pressure on the other CPTPP members to uh, let Taiwan make it, you know, proceed with his application. The problem is, and it always will be, is the CPTPP works on unanimity, and it only takes one member country to say, I, I think we need to work on China's application first, or we need to work on China and Taiwan simultaneously, and or we're not going to allow Taiwan to enter before we allow China to enter. So that's really the political challenge that Taiwan has. You know, like I said, they think Canada could put pressure on the members. I'm not going to be optimistic on this one. I think someone is going to exercise an effective veto on letting Taiwan, Taiwan in before China. Now, talking of trade agreements, the UK is also looking to boost ties via its enhanced trade partnership with Taiwan. It's all about the acronyms today, isn't it? So what, what would that mean? <laughs> Well, this uh, Taiwan and the UK recently signed what they call the Enhanced Trade Partnership, but it's actually nothing. It's more like an agreement to keep talking. We'll talk about some areas that are important to both of, both of us, like digital trade, investment, renewable energy, net zero, technology, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but this was not a free trade agreement. This was not an agreement specifically to lower trade barriers. In a way, this is linked to the CPTPP as well, because UK is going to become a member once uh, uh, all the member countries finish uh, legislative and other processes to admit the UK. But the talks have, have, have finished and UK will eventually be a member. So just like with Canada, Taiwan is hoping that the UK could also be a champion for Taiwan to enter the CPTPP. Uh, but it, this was definitely not a free trade agreement. It's more like an agreement to be good friends, not even best friends. So uh, there'll be more talks going forward between Taiwan and the UK, but I don't expect it to actually turn into a free trade agreement at all. So maybe it's just a little bit of a sign of a slight move towards more confidence. Uh, yeah, again, it's an agreement to be really good friends uh, <laughs> and hopefully provide some assistance with the CPTPP. I'll make a final point on that because yep. it's it's coincidental, but uh, it's it's funny in a way because we have a new prime, uh, sorry, new foreign minister in the UK, David Cameron, who is when it comes to UK-China relations, he was famous for saying during his uh, time as prime minister that they've entered this golden era, and if the UK and China are going to be re-entering a golden era, the UK is not going to champion in Taiwan at the expense of uh, its relations with China. Great to be able to speak to you and get your insights. Thanks for joining the show today. Ross Feingold, who is Business Development Director at SafePro Group.